the accelerator pedal for my personal growth is the amount of truth that I speak. Hmm. So I ask myself the question quite a lot. How fast should we be driving this car at this moment of our relationship, given everything else that's going on and surrounding us? Hello and welcome, fellow human. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and you are listening to Humans in Love, a podcast that looks at culture, relationships, and personal development from unconventional perspectives. Join me as I dig into the question of how people like you and I might get more out of life and love. Thanks for being here. How you doing, friends? Hope your week is off to a good start and you're feeling good about getting back into the swing of things here in 2019. And uh, yeah, I hope you're readjusted to work and all the rest. I, uh, I'm trying to get out of holiday mode. I don't know what your experience has been of that, but it feels like once I get on a roll of drinking a little too much and going out a little too much and having a little too much fun, I find it really difficult to kind of settle back into a solid work routine. I feel like I've stretched this holiday break over <laughs> for about two months. So Hopefully I'll have uh, I'll have a better routine set up soon. I hope your transition is going a little better than than mine. I have a really good episode for you today. In my less than humble opinion, today I'm joined by my good friend Jordan Luke Collier. You might remember Jordan's been on the show before. He is a coach with the Arza Murata, basically an organization that, at this moment in time, helps men have better relationships with women. It's not a pickup company. I mean, that's the what a lot of people would think when, when they hear me say that, but to call it that is really missing the point. They, they really do, they really stand out in a field of, of um, dating coaches and guys offering dating advice to other guys. They're, they're offering something pretty unique and pretty special. And I have a lot of respect for their organization. It's really beautiful work that they do. Jordan and I have become friends over the past couple of years here in Chiang Mai. And last week we got together at my kitchen table for a discussion about 2019 and goal setting and setting priorities. And Jordan talks about his lessons over the past year and what he's learned, his new relationship. And yeah, we just kind of spitball back and forth. And uh, it was a really fun discussion for me. Part one of the discussion you will hear today Part two, you will hear a little bit later. We're actually off next week because I'm traveling again. So I'll be off next week, but I'll be back with you in early February with the second part of this conversation. Before we get into it, I'll remind you that ratings and reviews are absolutely crucial for any podcast success, including this one. So if you dig Humans in Love, please let others know by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Without any further ado, I present to you my friend, Jordan Luke Collier. So if you enjoy this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, come and check out mine. It's at uh, podcastwithnoname.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to get a name for your podcast. No Name Podcast. <laughs> Jordan Luke Collier. Jordan Luke Collier Live. Jordan yeah. Luke Collier tonight. Tonight. That's not bad, right? Jordan Luke Collier in the morning. Jordan 
Collier in the morning. Collier at dawn. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's what it is. Collier at dawn. Because that's where my best recordings are, you know? We, like the aeroplanes go over late at night, but early in the morning there's no air traffic. For some reason, that's just the way they've configured the airport. So we get up in the morning and it's... Um, there are some weird birds out in the forest. Weird birds with Jordan. There's the uh, toothbrushing bird. Oh, yeah. yeah, incessant. It sounds like the neighbor's really brushing his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> As if his life depended on it. Yeah, you live in a cabin in the mountain, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of the last cabin of Chiang Mai before, you know, the, 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 the underworld. <laughs> The underworld. <laughs> the underworld has an underworld. This is news to me. Yeah, the mountain, yeah. The undergrowth, the jungle. Well, I, I told you we get your name today, and I think Call Your at Dawn is my favorite so far. Oh, man. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I want to know about uh, New Year slash goal setting and all that stuff. Do you, like, because we're, we're recording this in early-ish 2019. Yeah. Do you put any stock into New Year's resolutions or... or setting goals at the beginning of the year like how do you how do you look at that stuff slightly um i can tell you what i actually did Uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) you know a lot of coaches i'm a coach right a lot of coaches out there have got their 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 whole methodology and their courses and a friend of mine from mexico once told me it's easier to write 12 volumes of philosophy than live your life by one single phrase. Hmm. That's, a, that's well put, actually. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. That's profound. So uh, I've got no ideas, but I can tell you what I did for New Year. Um, yeah, I was in Goa with my girlfriend. Uh, we went on this trip to India, basically. Um, spent Christmas and New Year's there. And I could feel the New Year's coming up. There, there, there's kind of an inner tension. Like, I know that it's coming, and there's the whole pressure of oh, 31st of December, we should be having a good night out with drinks and party and a good social life. And there's, there, there's in me, there's an ongoing nag, like, oh, this has to be one of the best party nights of the year. And if it's not, then, you know, we screwed it up somehow. Absolutely. You have to wait another year to, to make up for it. Exactly. So that tension's kind of gnawing away in the background. So I can feel that New Year's coming. And then um, we were on the beach and we had a long day, you know, from midday until sunset on the beach, um, which just gets exhausting, you know, exhaustion from lying on a bed, basically, eating food and taking a quick dip in the sea. And we, we ended up going down for a walk along the beach and the sun was setting and, and it's gorgeous, you know, it's like purple, pink sky, orange sun off in the background gets a bit quiet we went to a bit more of a secluded part of the beach and uh in my own head I can hear all this um kind of cynical thoughts of oh yeah like this is just another new year and you know should be this should be that just like a a collection of cynical thoughts is going off in my mind and then at one point I realize what I'm doing and I'm like okay stop that what's actually happening right here right now and I'm with my girl and we turn and look at the sea and I just say stop for a moment and I just wanted to get out of my tired cynical mindset and just get present you know and feel what's there because it's a charge like whatever you think about New Year's Eve it has a bit of a charge you know we've, we've lived our entire lives with all our associations to New Year and what that means basically so I'm like, well, well, let's just feel what is here now, a quick cheeky meditation, right, at sunset. 
and and I look off into the directly at the sun. It's about to hit the water, and then I remember, okay, my girl is with me. I put my arm around her, and we both look off to the sun, and it was literally we we both got right into that now. Mm. You know, be in the now, the the here and now. You know that moment people eulogize. We just got right into that moment and felt it, and really felt what it was like to be with all those feelings of the new year coming and watch the sun going down. And so, um, what did I feel? I, I did some mental math. So I can't remember when we did our first, it was about this time last year, right? But when you and I did our first podcast, yeah. I have to think now, probably about this time last year. Yeah. So I met my girlfriend at the end of January last year and we basically got together pretty quickly you know we had our first month of seduction tussle you know the whole story but after that we've been together and I did the math and I'm like babe you know the sun's setting it's been 365 days I think we shared a bed together on more than 300 nights and to think that I didn't know you at this time last year is pretty phenomenal and yeah, there was a moment of real gratitude, like, wow, you know, my head can chew over all the things that I failed in this year. That's very easy to do. Life's a kind of constant living failure. <laughs> you know, who of us actually gets to manifest anything close to our highest mm. aspirations, really? Sure. Um, but we, we did this last year, kind of, we established this relationship and we went from chaotic, unknown seduction territory all the way to quite a deeply secure base with each other having lived and traveled in all these countries along the way and the fights and the friction that we had to get there it was uh, a real deep moment of recognition and so I thought like oh do I have an intention that's that's my gratitude for last year and we're sharing that do I have a deep intention and the only thing I the only thing I could feel was Oh, next year I just want to have a sharper intention. <laughs> sharper intention next year. Yeah. So you're planning a new New Year's resolution for 2020? <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant like in 2018, I had oh, some intentions and projects, right? And I, I, I and I could feel like in my own intent where some of them got a little bit like sloppy or left behind or where I got distracted or where, I, where my attention got kind of dragged and pulled. And I'm like, okay, I've been through the fight of 2018. Here I am right now. What I most want for 2019 is whatever my intention is going to be or whatever I end up doing. Just want my intention to be sharper, mm-hmm. you know, with a more kind of precise and crystal clear follow through. And that feels good. And I want to maybe go to one exotic place I've never been before. And I want to eat, um, I want to eat donuts. They make uh, homemade donuts in this little donut specialty boutique donut shop in my town. I just Lofty want, goals with I Jordan just want Clay. To, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But out of the sorry, where is the donut shop? Now I'm curious. I love donuts. It's in my it's in my town in, in England, in my village. No, no, here in Chiang Mai. Oh, in Chiang Mai, up okay. in uh, Pongnoi. Oh, well, we need to go then. Yeah. Oh, I'll, you I'll mentioned this. You. This is the matcha donuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, we need they're to go outstanding. There. Right. But but the simple delight, I think, is what I'm getting at. Rather mm-hmm. than um, right. uh, rather than complexify my next year with so many intentions that it's just impossible to to even fit them in a schedule. And then try and work out some miraculous um, uh, 
<laughs> had a beautiful coaching client one time who who he told me I've got a grand unification plan, like a personal development strategy that would unite everything in life and, you know, just a grand plan for personal betterment, you know, <laughs> rather than setting myself up with, with all those kind of mental ego goals. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's something of just the, the simplicity of the moment that I wanted to get into more and more. I, I mean, that for me is quality of life over the course of this year. And, um, you know, if I can be fully with my donut as I eat it and fully with my client as I talk to him and fully with my girl, you know, in the kitchen or in the veranda of our simple house, like that, that's kind of enough, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this idea of simplicity as well. And like, it's a one surefire way, I think, to extend your life. Not in terms maybe of, of the actual years lived, but just how long a year feels, right? If you get lost in tasks and duties for a month or two months or a year, and we've all been there, like you wake up on a new year and think, where the hell did the past year go? And it feels like a blip. I mean, it's such a cliche, but I think a large, you know, this is by no means an original or profound thought, but a big reason why that happens is because we get so lost in tasks and duties and like, yeah, coming back to simplicity, like, you know, I, I relate entirely to that. And I think that, that that's, a, that's a really beautiful goal for the new year because you know, some of these, we're talking about gurus at lunch and people yeah. trying to sell you. My favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual gurus. Well, I'd like to get back to that, actually. But, you know, people trying to sell you these. And maybe it's just because, like, you and I, you know, I think we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways. You know, neither one of us are engineers. I'll put it that way. You know, our brains work in slightly different ways. Um, and maybe some people really benefit from a plan, uh, you know, really detailed outline and every day is scheduled to the minutes and all that stuff. And there's value in that for sure. But. Yeah, ultimately, I think simplicity is actually a really big goal for me in 2019. <laughs> we'll see, because I feel like, you know, God may laugh at me and throw me a bunch of shit that I'm not ready for. Um, I think that's probably likely, but yeah, simplicity. Do you have any other goals alongside simplicity? For 2019? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I'll tell you something odd. Like, every time I've set a financial goal, I've done it really twice but I've been really strict about it and I've been really clear. Um, it's been eerie because I've hit it like exactly. I mean, I mean exactly. Yeah. And these, and now don't get me wrong. These are not enormous, lofty, you know, huge, uh, overambitious financial goals, but you know, they're, they're ambitious to an extent and I've hit them exactly and exactly when I wanted to hit them. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I do have a goal like for my business and stuff. Um, I've thought about that. I wrote, wrote it down. But, you know, when I, I actually, I did an exercise where I was just kind of journaling, okay, what do I want in 2019? Just kind of free, you know, just letting things flow. And most of it was related to just lifestyle and personal things. You know, like I want to lose more weight. I want to get in better shape. I want to spend more time on the bicycle. Um, I want to explore a new relationship with my partner more. I want to go get closer to her. Things like that, um, you know, ultimately. Because, I mean, that's that's real, where the real payoff lies, right? Um but yeah, I, I, yeah, this idea of simplicity, I think, is, uh, is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. I want to come clean a bit more about that. You know, my, my only goal of the year, to say the only goal of the year is simplicity and eating donuts in the local village, right? No, I mean, something, something's crystallized in me. Like you want I, a simple I, life at 400 pounds. <laughs> Who's this donut eating yeah. idiot you've got on the podcast? You know, <laughs> what kind of. <laughs> um, 
No, I've, I've got a serious um, kind of burning passion that I want to get out into the world, that's for sure. Mm. And, and I've, I'm creating three different things. Um, courses, essentially, I want to create programs, experiences that men and women can go through, through which they can learn how to turn their relationships and their intimate encounters into something of wonder and awe, essentially. Um, the <laughs> so, someone, someone replied to a post that I put out on Facebook this morning. He, he, it was a quote from Jung, and it's like, if you want to taste heaven, you got to taste the pits of hell. Yeah. something like that and it's like um kind of journeys and experiences to fully taste the the fullness of heaven but also be brave enough to taste the pits of hell um most people live their their love lives in a kind of uh steady peacemaking middle yeah. without really tasting too much of either and so the, there's something to be said about you know knowing the full extreme of humanity and and loving all of that that as a way of living and as a way of shaping our characters like that's a that's a journey and a artwork and a mission that I'm caught up in very deeply and so I'm creating different adventures that people can come on you could call it a 13-week online course but I want to really have it feel like a, a full body spirit emotional adventure where it's like no let, let, let's kind of launch into something here practice completely different ways of showing up in our relationships with women and men in the world uh, stretch our edges and, and stretch our characters in a number of different directions become more whole complete people so I'm, I'm writing that and, and I think my big urge as you know I work with Zan and the Yaza Murata that's kind of our we're a bit of a pariah in the personal development world because we don't really care that much for personal development mm. even though people come to us and they're seeking learning or some people want to fix some part of themselves we see it as a way of creating culture and which is I, I want to kind of lean much more strongly on art, poetry, literature, um, real life adventure as a way of building our life experience and our character so that we can uh, have the experiences that we want. Could you extract that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean, like leaning on art and poetry and culture? Well, yeah. Zan said something very powerful, which is, um, you know, in my day and age, there wasn't any self-help, you know, mm. the... The fact that we go to any airport in the world and they have the bestseller list and then they have the personal and business success kind of shelf in an even more prominent location says something about just how addicted people have become or how attached people have become to becoming successes. And so there's a whole workshop culture, there's a personal development culture, there's a I want to fix myself, I want to work on myself culture, I want to better myself. And that's great, you know, it's a symbol of where we are as a humanity, I guess, that that people are wrapped up in this uh, urge for learning. I mean, it's also a product of our economic times. Things are expensive. There's a lot of opportunity, but we think we've got to fight. And something that goes out the window very quickly in all of that is culture and, and beauty. Mm. And this is something we've had through, you know, millennia. There's been whole swathes of, of society that have given themselves to, to create something beautiful. You might spend your entire life in one magnum opus, you know, your great work, and it gets disseminated to the world, and that's a, that's a, uh, a treasure of humanity, perhaps forever. 
how many of these self-help books are a treasure to anyone apart from the author, you know? Really. And how many, and it's a pretty young genre for sure, but how many of them actually last, right? We can think of, okay, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Napoleon Hill, How to Win Friends and Influence People, what else? You know, like they're very kind of, they're, they have a moment for five or 10 years, generally speaking, and then they're never heard from it. Well, those two books are from the 1920s, one from the 1940s. 30s, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and they're still going, you know. They're, they're still, still selling strong, yeah. So, kind of been done in a way, you know. Mm. Everything else is a rehash, but what I want to say is, um, I mean, I say a lot of this from experience, but what I see men and women going through and I heard a beautiful term for this the other day out in India. A guru was starting to talk about spiritual depression. I was like, dude, I can totally see that that one in the women that I've dated over the last few years um, in my own tendencies as well. The more someone kind of yearns and wants to grow spiritually, they can plunge themselves into the depths of practice, mm-hmm. find themselves completely isolated, hiding from the world, giving up functional jobs but jobs that gave a sense of belonging and satisfaction and all of a sudden they're in this kind of uh, spiritual limbo thinking that it's some kind of mystical experience or dark night of the soul that they're going through but actually it's a feeling of being displaced and not belonging and not giving any gifts into the world and uh there's an inherent dissatisfaction you know like I think most of us know if if we do a one day of volunteer work and touch someone, it, the, the, our gift has been given to somebody else, and it, it we can sleep with a smile on our face when we go to bed at night. Mm. And so there's a lot of people missing that. You, you know, I wanna I wanna take a week off and catch up on my self help reading. You know, I wanna take a holiday here, and I just wanna get through this list of books. I hear this kind of thing all the mm. time. Well, for what? You know, you spend, you travel the world, and you get through your reading list, but. You know, you miss the world because your head was in self-development, working on yourself. And, and when you were reading these, I mean, most of these books are not fun, you know, <laughs> however yeah. well-written they are. And there's so much more, I think, that can be taken from film, from good film, from, from literature. The, the way that, that, I mean, if I think of something like 100 Years of Solitude the way that that will move things in my heart and my body and bring me solace and redemption and can echo some of my most personal sentiments in, 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 in the print, like in the way that the author will talk about things. It's like, well, there's something out here that, that, that understands me in a way that no one else does. And it talks about my life and it gives me something and I can compare myself to the different moments that happened in the book and the different characters. And, um, I think it's more profoundly healing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I was thinking of The Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kundera. Yeah. Have you read that? Like, so, yeah. So that one, like, that one gave me some, I, I, it's cheesy maybe to say it gave me some answers, but in some ways it kind of shined, shone a light on some dangers that I, if, if my life keeps going a certain way, this is what could happen kind of thing. And that reading that novel for me, like, made me realize that in a way that perhaps a self-help book just couldn't, you know? I love that idea, yeah, like getting more of these insights and these teachings and stuff from art, you know? I think that's beautiful. They stay with us forever. Yeah. A a good work of literature, that the feeling that it gave, the angle that it gave, it it 
doesn't just give us solace in the moment, but you might reflect on that in 60 years' time. It's that durable, mm-hmm. a, a good piece of art. Yeah, and I think that a similar experience with a self-help book can happen, but I think it's rare. It's more rare, you know? I can think of a very, very, very tiny handful of books that have impacted me, like a brilliant film or a brilliant novel, Yeah, um, Very, very small handful. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, a lot of the reasons why people go into self-help is to find connection again. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to audiobooks or podcasts such as this one, <laughs> or um, if you're reading, th- those channels of information are quite thin. Mm-hmm. So... For example, if I'm, if I'm involved in a lot of self-help, if I'm reading articles and doing my kind of coaching work, when I go out and meet people in the flesh, what have I got to give in my interactions with people? I've got conversation, I've got new ideas, I've got the, the, the ongoing narrative of my personal journey. And that's what people share and they talk about. So what I've noticed, the more I kind of go into um, uh, spiritual communities or I you know, date women or have friends who... Uh, do a lot of this stuff that they're on a journey of personal development the conversations are really based around our personal development what latest insights what have we learned how's your practice going blah 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 we might talk about these kind of psychological or spiritual concepts or um, business concepts or whatever and it's an exchange of ideas along one channel but these kinds of um, ways pastimes ways of spending our times they don't generally help us become more playful, um, more witty, more imaginative. They don't help us to kind of touch or feel more in our bodies most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember very clearly having a moment when I was living in Colombia where I was just absorbing all the self-help I could take, you know, books about success in business and, you know, just personal success and, you know, how to win friends and influence people, like I mentioned before, and all this stuff. And I remember having a very clear moment at one point realizing, like, I'm becoming really boring. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm quote unquote, becoming more successful, but I'm probably kind of a drag to talk to at this point, because I only want to have these very um, intellectual, personal development focused conversations. And I'm probably becoming insufferable in some ways. And then I remember, I went up, I took like six months where I just read novels and I watched films that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I was, it was like, okay, I need some balance here. Like I told you, I I had that moment recently, actually, I was looking at my, my Kindle last night, just scrolling through the last 20 books that I've been through. And it's like, okay, Zach, it's time to get some more, not less serious. That's the wrong word, but just more, yeah, more fiction, just plain and simple, you know, because it's such a, and it's such a relief and, 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 uh, pleasant experience coming back to that when you've been so focused on you know personal development and self-help for so long like we were talking at lunch like I'm really curious like when not when can you take a break from that stuff but is there a point when enough is enough like like Alan Watts always said about psychedelics when you get the message hang up the phone right you don't need to keep taking it over and over and over and over again and I'm sure you've found too a lot of these books and a lot of the the speakers that people like you and I are drawn to, um, there's tremendous value in each of them, but a lot of it comes down to a lot of the same message being repeated over and over again. You mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier, who's having this big moment. Um, He's a very, very, very good speaker. I've read his book. I enjoyed his book. But a lot of this stuff is, 
these are old messages, which he would be the first to concede, by the way. These are old messages that have been kind of lost. But once you get that message, is it enough to like, because you can use personal development, self-help as a crutch, right? Like, I don't really have to start working on my business or starting this new business until I read X number of books, right? I don't really, I can't really launch my podcast until I have the perfect name. <laughs> hey, don't, don't um, wangle me into the bucket here, Zach. No, no, no. no, no. I, just want to, I just want to see your podcast on iTunes. But anyway, that's another matter. But yeah, but like, what, what, what are your thoughts? Because it sounds so arrogant for me at 31 years old to be like, well, I've read everything I need to read about this. I'm done. Of course, I don't believe that. I have so much more to learn. But how much more do I have to learn from reading another personal development book at this particular stage in my life? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounds like you're coming to kind of a similar place in your own life. Unless it's a really good book. <laughs> unless it's a really, unless it comes highly recommended and all my friends are reading it and it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean that, my favorite term for this is the, the self completion project. And I'm borrowing this of other people. It's not my own. Okay. Um, the self-completion project, you know, once I, li- once I read this list of books mm-hmm. and do these trainings with the teachers I'm that done. I like, then I'll be complete. <laughs> right. And then I'll be able to live my life. Right, right. So, That's a good way of putting it. It's like deferred living your life. Exactly. That's what I'll put. So, the, the, you know, my whole beef about culture and literature and, you know, actually sharing it and enjoying the donut and the sunset with a girl that's beside you or whatever, it, it is saying actually live life already. But... Mm-hmm. Deferring life. That, um, it, it, it's pretty insidious. You know, yeah. it, it, it can get pretty difficult. It, it's basically saying, like, stop the fundamental activity of your ego and, you know, just snap out of it. Mm. <laughs> but um, when we can actually start, well, I mean, like, I asked the question, and, and I'm in it, you know, there are my, I think this is why simplicity is my goal of the year, because it's like, you know, if I take my eye off that prize, stop, you know, really being grateful for the amazing lifestyle that surrounds me. Um, if I take my eye off that prize, which I've already got and I've already won and all of us have got that in a certain way, you know, even if you hate your life, there's still tremendous beauty in it. If you can learn how to see it, it it's already around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can quickly fall back into another self-completion project. You know, I've, I've got my Kindle collection with 400 samples like everybody yeah. else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I go on Facebook and I see a long post and I save it for later, you know, to, just because I want to read something easy, you know. I want it to be light like everybody else. I've got these patterns of the mind that... But um, the essence that I want to say is um, once you've finished your self-completion project then how are you going to live your life like what are you waking up for in the morning yeah like say say zach is done or say podcast listener wherever you are say you're done if you've had this habit you've peaked yeah Yeah. then what do you do with your mountains of time that you're not invested in working in yourself anymore Mm. But then it's like, you know, because I, I, I use this language all the time as well, like, you know, working on yourself and you're always a work in progress and stuff. But it's like, where's the danger between becoming obsessed and consumed by that project and not living your life, you know, and, and, and not even not living your life. That sounds glib, but um, not allowing yourself to fully enjoy your life. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. 
you know? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but I, I guess I've just been thinking about this. Like, does it make sense sometimes just to take a real break from consuming all of this, you know, personal development material and all the rest? Um, does it make sense to take some time away from that sometimes and kind of just be where you're at for a while? Because, I mean, this is another cliche, but growth is going to happen naturally. You're going to learn things naturally, whether it's someone coming into your life or having a good conversation with a friend or whatever, like it's going to happen naturally. But is it a good idea sometimes to, you know, not go on that retreat or not run off to India, you know, on the spur of the moment or not read that new book that everyone's telling you to read or whatever. And just kind of, I, I hate to say be content with where you're at, but kind of take some time to just pause and enjoy where you're at for what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Trying to accept it. Yeah. I mean, this is, we work wise, we, work with men who want to get better with women, essentially, whatever phase of their love life they're in. Mm. But um, there's a lot you can do if you make some tweaks and changes, and especially if you change your lifestyle and get out there in the dating game. You know, if, if you're more aware, going into the dating game, you can, uh, you can learn and grow tremendously quickly. Mm. But um, who you are as a man, your character, the, the, the kind of etchings of life on, on your face and in your posture, the rasp in your voice, the life lived, like everything that, that comes through you to, that communicates, fuck, this is a compelling, dynamic man. Like if you want to be more attractive, you've you got to have some life experience in you really. Mm. You can't get that quickly. It, it's kind of the turning of the years and the decades. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 there's some work we can do with a guy in his early 20s but the rest of it is like dude just just set off on your trajectory check in with us when you're 45 and you're going to be compelling like like you can't even imagine yeah. life is going to develop us it's true and i you, you know I, I got caught up in a ladder of something i i started to get into developmental psychology a few years ago this is fascinating because there is kind of um Psychologists have found that there is a, a hierarchy of different um, abilities and skills that come online as we grow psychologically. And if we get into the kind of higher levels, quote unquote, um, we can start to do some really, really cool stuff. We get an intuition that's off the hook. We become super empathetic <clears throat> and aware. We get to be able to understand everybody's perspective and then not judge or just be really elegant in conflict. We'd be, be able to become able to see into the future and feel like feel you know is is this going to work with my team or is it not going to work with my team or the, 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 there's so many tremendous gifts that come online and so I thought for a while well I, I should try and climb up the stages to get there you know and and that can be one of the biggest traps like I want to grow faster than I'm actually able to grow mm. and um You'll, you'll get there for, if, if, if you kind of set sail in a good direction, you'll get there for free anyway. You know, age will take care of so much of that stuff. But in the moment, it's like, fuck, I want to be in the next stage because right now it's, it's not the best one and I want to be in the best one because that's going to give me this, that and the other. And Oh, man. Let's, let's pause there for a moment because, like, we're talking about, you know, the new year and stuff, like... If, if you had to boil it down, what do you think you learned in 2018? How are you different today than 
how you were, say, because I, I think you're right. I think the, the first conversation we had for this podcast was about a year ago. If you had to say, how do you think you're different compared to them? What have you learned? What did 2018 teach you? So much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough question. The relationship has been the, the biggest thing. Because mm. I was very, very single with no... Uh, Not just a little bit single. <laughs> extremely single. Like, no leash, you know, no home, no, yeah. no, no dog kennel in the garden. Yeah. You know? I was completely free and roaming wild. So to go from that to be really monogamous, you know, like living together, we've not spent a night apart for months and months now. And it was a pretty quick transition too. I remember watching that transition. Like you guys were very together very quickly. Two or three months yeah. and then, you know, magnetized. I mean, I mean that, that, that's been transformative beyond all measure because at every juncture I've had to, you know, recognize my, my habit of independence. And so if I want someone in my life, I'm, I'm ha I've had big questions of sacrifice and slowing my own pace down. And um, maybe relinquishing some things along the way. And... Uh, watching my own mind. This is why meditation's been a beautiful thing to get at least a little bit of a grasp on. Because I have all these thoughts in my mind like, oh, fuck Jordan, get out of this, you know, what are you doing? And I might have followed some of those thoughts in the past, like, um, and now I, j I watch the thoughts and some slight bits of doubt cross my mind about whether I should be in it or not. And, oh no, that, 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 I mean, that's not true. Let it go by and continue going deeper and deeper into the relationship um it's i mean i'm not everyone's built like me i'm kind of acutely sensitive to intimacy and the things that happen with me in connection with other people especially women um which is a beautiful skill but it's also been a curse over the years you know if something feels a little bit um stifling or suffocating i've you know, wanted to get out of there. That's been my go-to. And so I felt like every, every, every doubt, every fear, every step of the way, every question mark, every kind of nuance of should I be in this relationship or not, um, every bit of possible sabotage that's popped up in my system, I felt very acutely and I've grappled with it, looked at it, let it go, brought it to the table and whatever. And it's all kind of ended up going fine but um just that transition from being completely so independent and so single to be completely in it and navigating is kind of like a uh, a ski run with with all these obstacles along the way mm -hmm. I could have been tripped up or bailed out or fallen over at one of a hundred different junctures but just kind of going down that ski run and, and landing somewhat um you know without broken bones so far that, that's been one hell of a learning. And I think, um, yeah, it, it feels like it's, it's a great service that I can give to other people. What do you mean? Like, um, for those looking for intimacy, but that are somehow uh, trapped in their own created their, their, their own kind of isolation or their own sense of autonomy and independence mm. created such a sense of independence in themselves that they struggle to come close to another 
like just going through that process is uh, can be really really hard especially when you're in your 30s you've got a solid sense of purpose you know where you want to go you don't want to compromise you've got a strong personality you meet someone else with a strong personality I mean you know the, the fashion these days is that man and a woman get together and if they live together they want to design their own house where they've got bedrooms at opposite ends of the house mm. you know everyone wants their space to such an extent that that we're really individuals and and the notion of a couple is you know belongs to a different culture or a different time in the history we're, we're, we're kind of um you know contracts bringing together powerful individuals who are immensely separate i mean that that film was it la la land yeah oscar winner i think yeah with ryan gosling and that one yeah yeah, yeah yeah it talks about that beautifully you know mm-hmm. like, like let's have an arrangement when we're both feeling romantic feelings towards each other we can have an arrangement together that's going to have us um, solve our needs, give us some romance, stop our loneliness. But as soon as a shiny career opportunity that comes mm. <laughs> comes our way that's going to help us better ourselves, like goodbye, love and relationship, like my narcissism rules. That's what um, a, a lot of us are struggling with, I think. Yeah. And at the same time, so often, you know, failing to acknowledge that what's really important, you know, like the things like, like your, you know, colleague Zan talks about a lot. What's really important on your deathbed? What are you really going to remember? What are the major decisions that you're going to remember in life? You know, it's not the promotion, you know, it's cultivating these, these relationships, you know, yeah. it's conversations like this, you know, it's like, this is the stuff that, that really matters in the end. You know? Yeah. I wrote a post about this and I got another one that I want to put out soon, but it's, um, those moments where we said goodbye and cried in the airport because we didn't know if we were going to see each other again and all the motorbike rides we went on out in the country and um, those easy afternoons. But, but those, there was a couple of moments where we said goodbye and we didn't know if we would see each other again and just, you know, bawling with tears at the airport. Like that kind of thing. Like that, that, that's the donut eating moment, you know. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> donut eating moment. <laughs> That's the name of your first book, for sure. Oh, man. Um, I want to come back to something you said earlier, because I've been thinking about this as well lately. Like, I, I, I always think of that David Data quote, like, if you're in a good relationship, the worst, most hellish stuff you're, you can imagine is going to come up. Do you think it's necessary to go through really dark, really intense, really challenging times with your partner in order to experience the, the other end of that? Do you think that that's necessary? Can you have one without the other? Wow. I wouldn't want to come on and be absolutist about this. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I suspect so. Mm. Um, I don't know. And Maybe I think it's got a different story. And I think it's easy for for people like you and I to assume, or for anyone to assume that like their experience is similar to other people. But some people just don't want that, you know. And I respect that. Some people don't want those really intense, really you know, miraculous highs in a relationship because they fear the lows too much or whatever. You know, some people don't want that wide range of emotional experiences. Yeah, you know? I mean, some of that can just be like drama and yeah, you know, of course. And addiction well, that's it. And you, that's the, that's what I've been wondering about. It's like, you know, because it's easy to take that quote, you know, okay, if you're in a great relationship, 
if you're in a healthy relationship, whatever word you want to use, you know, the, there's going to be some seriously dark shit that's going to come up. It's easy to take that and use that as an excuse for, okay, well, this drama is, you know, whatever, this is, this is okay because we're in a good relationship, right? It's like, what's the line like, like you were talking um, in a recent talk with Zan about, you know, the dark side, like, when is it productive? When is drama productive? You know, and this is an impossible question to answer, but I've been wondering about this lately. Like, and where do you draw the line between, you know, the, the fights or the conflict or the disagreements that are necessary for the growth of the relationship and unnecessary drama and suffering? Yeah. You know, I don't have an answer. Well, I think, yeah. Um, I think it depends on the intention and the, the capacity of the two people in the relationship. Some people want to use their relationship as a, as a crucible for growth. Some people literally are like, hey, you know, I'm, a ta- I'm on a tantric path. I want to meet every single challenge that comes in my way. And I'll burn in the fire of every conflict because there's, you know, shadow to integrate or something to, to, to understand. You know, I, the, we can do psychological work every single day. I've been in relationships where it's like, literally being in a in a workshop i've Mm. done more work in one day of relationship than i do in a week retreat and and i subsequently found that one not everyone's got either the desire the capacity the 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 wish to have a relationship like that and two i found also that the the accelerator pedal for my personal growth is the amount of truth that i speak Mm. so i ask myself the question quite a lot how fast should we be driving this car at this moment of our relationship, given everything else that's going on and surrounding us? Can you say that again? Because I thought that was great. The accelerator pedal. Say that again. The accelerator pedal of your personal growth is the amount of truth that you speak. Wow. Yeah, that's some radical honesty stuff right there. Right. So <laughs> yeah. I, I love a bit of radical honesty, right? But if you're driving at 100% foot down on the accelerator you'll crash before your car reaches any kind of destination. You'll hit a lot of other people. (laughs) And I've done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, being in the kebab shop late at night, everyone looks over at you and, you know, what's going on here. But like every single conflict boils up and it's like, no, we've got to look at this. Mm. No, you don't have to. You can let a lot of them go. And so I think that... um, That's so important. You're right. Show up and speak your truth. You know, be courageous and you're vulnerable. These are all the big personal development messages of the day. And it's good because it, people weren't speaking their truth. We've had a social, unspoken social contract to be hush-hush all the time between us. Canadians, English. Yeah. <laughs> Basically anyone with, the, the, with the queen on their money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got the queen on your money, you're, you're down for a lifetime of suppression unless you can find a way out of it. Unless you hit high seas. Um, <laughs> But yeah, show up, speak your truth. Great. It's an evolution. But after a little while, it's like, well, no, let, let's take the foot off the gas a little bit. Like, what, what's the optimum weight in which my foot hits that pedal? It's, it's not full on. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Jordan. We, uh, we always seem to have really good discussions. And you can hear the second part of that discussion in early February when the podcast returns. So be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating and review 
on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Another reminder that you can find show notes and links to everything we talked about at humansinlove.com. Thanks for listening, friends. I will talk to you in two weeks. In the meantime, remember that life is short, far too short, to not have yourself a grand old time. Talk to you soon, friends. Thank you.